Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 131 of the Get Around Podcast. Yes, like the U.S. Highway here that runs through northern Michigan and several of our coverage cities. Episode 131. In the studio, James Cook, Andrew Rosenthal. As usual, I am your host, Jake Adnip. We're going to have some fun today. We have a lot of baseball to talk about, gentlemen. There is a lot of good stuff that happened. James, I know we're excited. You, you went to the press conference for the Pittsburghers today. Got all the lowdown on how baseball's coming back to Traverse City. We have big plans in the works. You announced basically yesterday via a column that we'll talk about. Uh, just to get started off with, it's funny to me that baseball is going to be the first thing back in Traverse City, but it's probably going to be the only sports league that doesn't play a season. Because we talked about that last week, and we thought that the, the MLB was going to like approve a plan. No, they just got shot down again. Now they're in a stalemate. I don't think anything's going to happen. But... We're going to go ahead. We're going to talk about the Pittsburghers and the addition of two new teams. After, after we get into an interview with Traverse City Pittsburghers pitcher Pat Holfeld, he joined us via telephone after all the big announcements came out on Monday. We're also going to talk about these all-star games that James Cook over here has what undertaken. All-star what all-star games? What about them? Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about those here shortly. Make sure you stick around. Uh, to hear, hear about that. Did I hear high school baseball? Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, even though it's only one game. It's softball and soccer. We're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Just before we get too deep into this episode, always got to remind you guys, we are sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's Freak, yeah. We're going to go ahead and get one of our loyal Audible viewers fed today, and that is Grace Lentz from Charlevoix. Thank you so much for interacting with us. We'll go ahead and get those vouchers sent out your way. Remember to like, share, comment, retweet. Whatever you may do to interact with us, and we will get you entered into win a free few Jimmy John subs. Let's not even, you know, BS around too long, gentlemen. Yeah, no, we have a lot to talk we, about. There's today. a lot, yeah, there's a lot going on here. As I mentioned, I want to talk about high school sports, as always. That's what this podcast is about, right? And James has concocted the idea to basically make some all star games or just giving the kids a chance to play. Officially, because of MHSA rules, we can't refer to them as all-star games. Yeah. The baseball one especially and the soccer one are pretty much all-star It's our rising stars challenge. Yeah. Softball is going to be the softball senior showcase with the alliteration. So uh, so for those who don't know who did not read the column yesterday, the Record Eagle is going to be sponsoring a few games for high school athletes over the summers. Exploring the option of... yeah, trying to – well, no, we're, we're going to be hosting this. As yeah, long as nothing goes this. awry, like, this is happening. As long – we just don't want to, like, jinx it by saying, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, all good. Coronavirus ain't going to make anything bad with this. Yeah. But this is happening. But it's, like, it's like 90%. Yeah, and I'm taking 90% to the bank because I can already see it. What, what, what What's going to happen? We're going to have, what, one baseball game, probably f- two to four softball games on a day, and a soccer game. Where we have coaches, so coaches, if you're listening right now, this is your chance. We need you to nominate your your best players, best seniors, and it's seniors only, just so we're clear here. Only seniors who have graduated can participate in these games um, since they are not sanctioned, you know, MHSA events. Mm-hmm. They have to be seniors, so make sure that you take a look across your roster and blow James's phone up with some nominations of who you think should be in these games because we want to make sure we have – some of the best of the best, showcasing their talents for what would be the last time we see them in Northern Michigan. 
And James, yeah. I think we've been talking about this as the the three of us since March. You know what what came to fruition that made you want to announce this in June? Well, we were talking about you know maybe doing like I'll going ahead and picking all region teams. This for the spring sports, despite the fact that there weren't any spring sports, and I'm like, man, the more and more I started, I wanted to do that, but the more and more I started thinking about it, I was like, man, this is going to be hard to do that. Yeah, no stats, no nothing. Yeah, no stats. You're basically just going to be taking last year's all region team and seeing who is juniors, or who is back, and then putting them on and then seeing if you can find some other yeah, bump some them other up kids or whatever. Which I don't know, maybe we could still do or something. But I, but I thought, why don't we just get these kids and play a game? I'm pretty sure all the kids. Game. I'm pretty sure all the kids would rather be on the field playing a game than just have their face in the newspaper, anyways. Yeah. In this situation, normally they have 40 games and they're like, "Oh man, I like I like having the recognition." But I think in this situation, being out on the field um, or being on the diamond or whatever it may be, I feel like that is definitely the top priority for these kids. Yeah, to get one game in, you know the uh, the the, the Pittsburghers graciously uh, allow are going to allow us to have the baseball game at the Patrol Creek Stadium, and so we have that draw as well. We can't play the softball game there because of the pitcher's mound; it's a permanent concrete thing in the middle of the field. Yeah, so. and then you'd have to put up f- fences, and the dimensions of that is just off. You'd have to do bases yeah. and everything there. It, yeah. actually, it just doesn't work with a turf field like that. Yeah, you'd have to put it. You'd have to put a, a, a temporary fence in there because otherwise, if somebody gets the ball between the outfielders and the gap it's an inside the park home run yeah like 100 percent it is <laughs> you know so you'd need temporary fences you'd need you'd need some kind of safety training for those middle infielders to avoid that the pitcher's mound, mound. That, <laughs> too. that obstacle in the middle of the field and then you'd have to redraw the the bases on there too because the dimensions are different than baseball so all those things made it hard to do um you know i talked to john lober about maybe doing the record eagle track meet doing the honor roll meet you know in july or august and just like I, I just can't see how we can do it because he's like we don't have any. There's no data to go on. These kids haven't run, you know. And kids that are kids that are pole vaulters probably haven't vaulted for a year. Basically, you know, you know, or, or hurdlers haven't actually been able to run hurdles because nobody's got that at home. So nobody's been able to do this stuff for a year. So he's like, I don't know about. He was really hesitant about the how the quality would be. Yeah, but I, you would have to even think about injury in that in that aspect. I mean, that's one thing about these that. Thank God I, we are planning these a bit in advance. As of right now, like it's not set in stone, but mm-hmm. we, you know, we'll talk more about the pit spitters later. But with the baseball game, there's only seven days the rest of the summer that would even be a possibility for us to use this game because that's, that park is going to be used like every day for the next few months, which we'll get into a little bit later. But yeah. otherwise, we're trying to plan these a bit in advance so all these kids know that they need to prepare. Yeah, and a lot of these kids will probably be playing travel ball or something. In the summer, already, you know, a bunch of those teams have kind of already started going, at least having practices, workouts. You know, you'll, you'll have that. So these kids will hopefully be in shape and have been doing what they're good at for a little while before they before playing in this game. Whereas with doing something with, like, track, it was just turned out to be just not an option, unfortunately. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm more or less just excited that we get to actually see these kids, these seniors, play one more time. Like, I know their whole season was robbed from them, but, you know, we've talked about – some of the baseball players, you know, there's some kids, you know, from Gaylord St. Mary who we thought were going to, you know, really maybe make a run to a state title or there's a couple really good pitchers in the area. Like, we never got to see those kids play whatsoever this year. And basically, we lost our last chance to see their development at the mm-hmm. final stages. So I think it'll be a really cool opportunity for us, both soccer, baseball, and or all, all three, and softball. Like, softball especially, I feel like there's going to be a, quite a few girls who I'm excited to see who we haven't got to that are going to 
you know, be disappearing very shortly here and going off to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and we, you know, we're working on we're working on soccer as well. We're not as far ahead in the planning stages on soccer as we are with uh, baseball and softball, but we've got some pretty decent leads on some facilities that we can have it at and uh, that one's, getting like, some referees. That I feel like that one's a little bit easier to set up when it, when it comes to yeah, because we got, cause we got the, there's more soccer fields that aren't school property than you know baseball and softball diamonds that are quality facilities there aren't a whole lot of them that are on school property and you know in had, trying to do it at a school is a little bit limiting because everybody's very slowly easing back into stuff and hesitant to, to do this kind of thing but we got all the t-bay fields you know uh, keystone yeah keystone soccer uh, complex is know, wide there's, open there's the coast guard which you know is technically a coast guard property not t-caps property i think so i don't know if t-caps could tell us no mm-hmm. for a game at coast guard either but there's always there's always Keystone. The yeah. other thing about this is kids are, might be able to wear their jerseys too under a one time provision. Yeah, yeah. That but, that that was like huge to me because like I was on Scott Van Pelt's uh, high school segment that he would do like all over all throughout the month of April. That was like one of the one thing these kids were saying like God I wish I could wear my jersey one more time. Let alone, I don't care how I do in this game as long as I'm in my jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're looking to do that. There's that there's that one time thing that the N or the MHSA passed this year for coronavirus that you can wear your team apparel if you're being honored like for a senior recognition thing so so karen lennar is helping us with that with the mhsaa submitting the paperwork so that we can get that going and have the kids be able to wear their jerseys we're hoping to do this in future years too and have an all-star game for baseball and, and an all-star game for softball it wouldn't just be a or senior showcases yes "Quote unquote senior showcases," um, but it will essentially be they will essentially be all star games like select games. So it, us or somebody getting together and picking the top senior players to play one single game. Whereas in the softball this year, we, since it was going to be most likely played at some place like TC West uh, or uh, Saint Elizabeth, we were like, well, there's two fields at those places, so we're not limited by the time and constraints of renting a ballpark so to speak, so we could play as many games as we wanted. So for the softball, we decided that since we don't have like the prestige factor of playing it at the Pittsburghers Park, that we would open it up to any senior that wanted to play. So that's why we could have maybe, I don't know, four games. Yeah, but oh, may, in the future, in it, the future it may not it will look be, like that. In the future of the softball, um, my goal is just have it be a one singular all-star game, just like the baseball. But once again, this this year, it's, it's not... It's, it's, I, t- I mean, it's not so much about... Even who's the best of the best? Yeah, it's, I, I mean, just it, it, it just, it's a chance to give these kids um, with the softball. Yeah. It's a chance to get these kids on the field one more time. You know, I mean, and, 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 and make and a positive, we, and to make a positive out of a negative to get to get this going, to get this All Star game going, mm-hmm. and to start it out of the the ashes of this spring season is, uh, I think, something to, to kind of these seniors can say. Well, you know. At least we got this thing started. We got this thing off the ground that other kids can have in future seasons. Yeah, and I mean, for, for some of these kids, you have to realize it might be the last game of, you know, organized, competitive baseball or softball or soccer that they actually play. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure anybody would give a shot to, to do something like that, and I thought it was a really cool idea. I'm really glad that we were able to move forward in our administration and everything's on board with it along with. It seems like coaches are already, you know, flooding in and are really excited for this as well. So yeah. I definitely, uh, I definitely am excited for it. And I know that I've tossed your column around a couple of my 
friends from college all around the nation. I'm talking Kansas, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Carolina. No one's doing anything close to this. Like this is by like from no. as to my knowledge, like the only instance of a high school all star game sponsored by like a newspaper. Hmm. That's cool. I mean, they they used to have one here, and it was called the Near Far Game, and it was basically the kids from near Traverse City against the kids that were farther away from Traverse City. But eventually, yeah, they just had a harder and harder time getting enough kids to come and play in it. And so, I'm hoping with the the promotion of the paper and with playing at the Pittsburgh Stadium, that that should be enough to draw more kids into playing this, and and hopefully using this year when everybody will want to play to really get a jump jump started and do that again because the near far game was actually pretty cool they wore their jerseys which was probably not legal at the time they had the kids wear their jerseys what's the worst thing about that i i I, yeah i don't i don't get it but you know that's the rule i guess i mean i still have my high school football jersey am i not allowed to wear it i wasn't supposed to take it but i did well, now the podcast knows about it. Yeah, it's okay. They're not coming. No one's coming for it. I promise. <laughs> it's been in my it's been in my closet for like ten years. You can hang it up in here. I could, but then I'd probably forget about it, and I wouldn't want to do that. Everybody would be like, "What is Divine Child?" I might actually. Bring... It's a really sweet. I, the the jersey I have. The reason why I kept it is because it's a really sweet jersey. But we got them brand new my senior year. Come to think of it, I have not worn my senior night jersey. Since I played in a game of football, oh, yeah. I, I've, I've never. I doesn't say I never put the, my football jersey back on, but like, I have it because it means a lot. This stuff means a lot to these kids. It means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's why we're doing it in general. Next time I'm home, I'm actually gonna bring it to the podcast studio then. Yeah, bring something. Rosenthal on the back of it. <laughs> I'll wear it to the game. Heck, why not? Anyways, the second coolest news in Northern Michigan this week is the Traverse City Pittsburghers. We knew the Northwoods League was talking about resuming baseball in Michigan sometime around mid, mid-June mid to July, that range like that. They definitely held up on their bargain. Bitspitters uh, sent a plan to them. It was the, the exactly the same as North Dakota's model, which I'm calling the Harlem Globetrotters model, where you have one team that plays the same team all the time. I, I actually predicted that. Like, if you go back to... Our April podcast or our late March podcast. I said that exactly. Like they are gonna. The only way this is gonna work is if they play the exact same team over and over again. And sure enough, North Dakota goes ahead and does it. Traverse City announces the same kind of method, and today it's actually a thing. So James, you were at the press conference. Can you talk a little bit about about that in detail? Yeah, they're actually gonna play basically round robin with three teams constantly, three essentially Traverse City teams, and uh, so is Kalamazoo too. Yeah, yeah. Kalamazoo's creating one new team uh, to play with the Kalamazoo Growlers and the Battle Creek Bombers, and then uh, the Pittsbitters up here are playing with two brand new teams. The uh, it's, the it's the Great Lakes Resorters and the Northern Michigan Dune Bears. Yeah, and we have a, we have lo- jerseys and logos for those teams too. Yeah, if you look at the article that we have today uh, in Monday's edition, there's uh, all the logos for the teams are in there. There's a big photo of the of them side by side stuff too. So, it's pretty interesting. I like the Resorters logo in that the guy's swinging a paddle instead of a bat and then has the sunscreen on his on nose. His nose. <laughs> and that's a, that's a throwback. And, and flip-flops. But that's a throwback when, you know, if you read the story, and then this is really cool. The first baseball team ever in Traverse City first was... First pro team, yeah. Yeah, the first pro team was the Resorters. And so, it, that wasn't in part 19, of the name... In the 1910s. Ten, yeah, 1910. 1910 through 14. But, 
The, we know that the Dune Bears was like in the name the team contest. That was like one that was close with the Pittsburghers when they originally second. Yeah, that they originally went yeah. with. But the Resorters when they came up with that, I was like, I was, I was like, I thought about. It. I was like, man, I'm surprised that they didn't like think about that as like an original name for the Pittsburghers. And then when you said that, it was like, man, that's just really cool. That especially once again breeding things out of the ashes of this kind of, you know this worldwide disaster that's happened like that's really cool that yeah. they're able to kind of like throw that back and bring that revive that that brand yeah one of the questions i asked her in the not during the press conference but afterwards i guess i asked since uh the the stadium is now total creek stadium which is owned by the grand traverse resort i asked and is that the reason why you went with resorters and they were like oh no we didn't the lady that was there from the from Total Creek was like, no, we didn't push, push them to do that at all. They like came up with it on their own. As we speak about it, let's kind of dive into exactly what the plan is. July first start date, fifty four games, correct? Fifty seven. Fifty seven. Fifty seven game regular season. That's a lot. There will be <clears throat> seven off days between July first and basically September fourth. But the teams are not going to have to play more than three games in a row, right? Yeah, they won't. They basically they play two it's out just out three, three teams days. rotating. So yeah, you play two out of every three. You, so you get the the Pittsburghers players are going to get more time off than they got last year. Yeah, because last year they only had I think it was you played eight. six. You played six games a week. Yeah, but I think there was eight games or eight days off last. And they just had the Mondays off yeah. on basically all last summer. Mm-hmm. That makes a huge difference with travel and everything. I think it makes a huge difference for the Traverse City Pittsburghers because they get. Basically, we, for right now, 57 games at the park. That means the people here, we no matter if it's the Pittsburghers, the Dune Bears, or the the Resorters, there's going to be baseball going on at that park like every single day, mm-hmm. which is not something that we had last year. They were gone on eight, ten-game road trips. You know, they would do five, six in a row when they're in Wisconsin and wouldn't be gone for eight, ten days. They're going to be cranking at Turtle Creek Stadium this summer. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be, uh, if, you, if you're looking at it from a, player's perspective this has got to be a really attractive destination oh yeah especially if you're looking not at only, the different not pods only, not only traverse city but most of the other top summer bat leagues already canceled like so cape cod league there's no cape cod league there's no cal ripken league there's you know all these other ones i think the so, kansas missouri one was canceled too so they're gonna have like their pick of the litter for players and then the players are gonna come here they're gonna be able to stay at the same place and not have to travel for two months so they'll be able to just practice during the day if they're not playing that day, have batting, have BP and practice during the day, and maybe have a night off, get some time off in Traverse City. So if you're coming to Traverse City, you actually get to experience it rather than the Pittsburghers or players last year played six nights a week. I think the not having to travel, too, for two months. Well, I mean. It just, would just be very attractive from a player's perspective. Well, I'd, I don't even think it's that. I, like what I said, well, ready, there's no other leagues there's nothing else going on. Do you want to go to Bismarck, North Dakota, Kalamazoo, or Traverse City? What's wrong with Bismarck, North Dakota? Are you going to Bismarck or are you going to Traverse City, Andrew? Look, my buddy lives in North Dakota. It's <laughs> Where a lot do you better live? state than you think. Where do you live? Traverse City. Yeah, you chose Traverse City over Bismarck? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Who's not going to do that? As I may not be as bad as I think, but it's summertime in northern Michigan. You'd be... Summertime in North Dakota, too, Jake. You'd be... You don't, he doesn't understand the... I do. The, the I'd rather I'd rather play for the Resorters or the Dune Bears than the Flicker Tails. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the names is the the Flicker Tails, yeah. one of the Bismarck teams. I mean, uh, would you rather be that or the Dune Bears or the 
Yeah, like the literally. Resorters. Think about the name. They're literally about to come and stay. Well, that's one thing is they're staying at the Interrockin Academy for all the arts, which is the Dune Bears, the Resorters. Obviously, you talked a little bit about this in your story. The Pit Spitters will still be staying with their host families, like they mm-hmm. have. It's been like that for a day over a decade with the beach pumps and everything like that. But since Interlochen Academy for the Arts is closed, they have all that space wide open. Haven't had anybody on campus for a while, so they're going to be um, locked down over there. But I mean, basically, they are resorters. They're coming up to a resort town. They're going to play a little bit of baseball, and they mm-hmm. get they get to do it. I mean, it definitely is an attractive option, and I think that this. I mean, it's going to be good baseball. We we saw the Northwoods League last year. It was good baseball. Regardless if you're playing the same people every day, from what I can assume, that still means that we're going to have n- about 90 guys or over 100 players basically in Traverse City to watch. Yeah, because early on in the during the whole COVID thing, the, the Northwoods League said that they were going to allow the leagues or allow the uh, teams to expand their rosters bigger than they were last year. I think they added five more roster spots for every yep. team. And, and that and, – that was going to be in part because they were expecting an influx of players from all the other leagues that canceled. So, I mean, you're going to have some pretty good competition on these teams for spots, too. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, there's three full new teams, at least in the state of Michigan, with the uh, Kalamazoo Mac Daddies, mm-hmm. which is macaroni and cheese inspired. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Their logo is literally a mac and cheese noodle carrying a fork like he's about to go in for some and business. Dripping cheese sauce. Yeah. And their jerseys literally have cheese holes on them. Yeah, like dripping sauce. I like that. <laughs> but I can't lie. There's the Flicker Tails and the other one from North Dakota. No, but I'll talk about the ones in Michigan. Well, I'm yeah. in a, a league in a whole. There's five. But mm-hmm. I was yeah, just talking yeah. about Michigan. Yeah, though. yeah. But there, yeah, there, the, there's three new ones in Michigan. That's our like once again. That's already over a hundred players on three new teams. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there are you know the Doc Spiders and stuff like that or whatever. Like there's a bunch of different teams that aren't going to have their season. So those kids, I'm sure, are going to try to relocate to one of these other pods, if it's Bismarck, if it's Traverse City. From what I can tell, the majority of the time, these kids don't really mind where they go. They want to play, you yeah. know, especially with everything being canceled. They're just more about where we want them. We're going to play. So let's let's go ahead and uh, hear from one of those guys, uh, Pat Holfeld. He joined us via telephone after the news dropped, and they're starting to get prepped for that July 1st start date. So let's go ahead and give a listen to that now. The Get Around is excited to welcome in Traverse City Pittsburgh Pat Holfeld. Thank you so much for joining us today, especially after the news that, uh, you know, your season is going to get started here in about two weeks. Yes, thanks for having me. Definitely looking forward to it. We just got the news officially this afternoon, so should be a good time. I know it's only a few hours ago, but it's something that you guys have been kind of expecting. At least that's what we got from it. I know the Pittsburghers had been working pretty hard to just find a way to get you guys to play again this year. What does it mean to, that you guys actually still have the chance? The Northwoods League is actually still letting you guys do something, no matter what it may look like. Yeah, like you said, it, it was kind of like an expected thing, even though everything with with everything going on, it feels like you have no idea like what's in the future. But uh, Coach did a good job like really communicating everything, making sure we knew, like, what the future may hold for us and he always kept everything pretty optimistic as he usually does and uh like so i think everyone including me was definitely able to maintain like a positive outlook on everything that's coming up and and now we know for sure so it's definitely exciting to see it all come together Mm -hmm. so what's the next two weeks look for you then before july 1st 
I guess this week I'm finishing up work at home and then trying to figure out how and when I'm heading up to Michigan. And then we start practice on the 24th. And then I guess, like you said, first game July 1st, which will be awesome. Now, I, I know that the transition is probably going to be very, very quick, but you know, you were on this team last year, and you know how the, the team kind of melded and how you guys got along. What do you think the challenges are going to be like? I think there's 10 or 11 of you guys returning from last year, so about a third of the team. But what do you think the challenges are going to be like only having three or four days to kind of get your feet underneath you as a team this year? Yeah, I think it'll definitely be interesting. But like you said, it'll help having so many returners, especially uh, I guess a lot of us are pitchers, so that'll help hopefully get things off to like a hot start but uh i mean normally i guess we would uh show up to michigan in i'd say probably about the same even if less time before the season would start so it shouldn't feel too bad as far as uh summer ball goes but obviously coming out of a spring with no baseball i'm sure there'll be some rust to knock off of course now what are your thoughts on the the pod situation that didn't get Approved today, obviously. We got two new teams in Traverse City. Uh, it would be the, the Dune Bears and the Resorters to join in with the Traverse City Pittsbitters. You guys are going to be doing that kind of round robin this, this summer. What are the yeah. feelings from the players, and how did that kind of work out for you guys? Uh, I know I talked to Chase Gearing just a little bit this afternoon. He was actually the one that sent me the schedule. And I looked over, and I think I texted him back, like, that's wild or something like that. But I think it'll be interesting to still get that many games in and be playing, like, the same, uh, like, competitors the entire time, the entire rest of the summer. But I'm interested to see, like, who they have rostered, like, where the kids are from. And and hopefully, I guess, now that everyone's Traverse City-based, it'll basically just be more kids to hang out with and spend the summer with. Mm-hmm. So. How how attractive is it from a player's perspective of you guys don't have to travel anywhere? Once you get here, you can stay here for two months and just play baseball and practice every day. And you're actually going to have more time off this year than you did last year because you're going to be playing two out of every three days, right? Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's exactly like every two out of three, but I know it is pretty on and off. But I'm sure some of the new kids might be a little weary about like spending you know the rest of the summer in Travers, but... I think all the returners are pretty excited to just be hanging out with each other and then, you know, all the all the extra stuff that now we have even more time to do, like the golfing and the fishing that's around and, and actually getting to hang out in town a little bit more. That was one of the things I had written down is to ask you a question about fishing because uh, you're a big fishing guy. What, what, are the, yeah. what are the places that you have picked out that you want to go fishing in Traverse City? Oh, well, my host family, uh, Jan and Dennis Curtis, actually live on a lake, and they let me use, like, their kayak to go out. So last summer I mostly fished there, but maybe I'll uh, get a license or a charter and head out on the lake or down in the um, uh, the river that comes down from the bays. I'm not sure the, what the it's Boardman, called. The Boardman River. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe fish somewhere a little different this time, see what happens, but... Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. I guess last year I mostly just stuck stuck to the the lake at the house just because of the time. But now, like you said, we'll definitely have time to do a little more exploring around around the area. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you know your host family, and that's that's one of the things that's kind of changing with the other guys. You know, those other two teams are going to be out at Interlock and um, Academy for the Arts. I mean, what does it mean 
going back to the same place and having these host families, like, does it kind of feel like more like home, more like a routine where you're able to kind of like be a part of it up here? Yeah, I think so. And especially like the Northwoods, just having like such a long summer, you do. And even though you're not home that much, you do build like a pretty good relationship with your host family. And I think that's kind of like the same experience for like any summer ball. But I guess, uh, like I mentioned, like even longer in the Northwoods. Mm -hmm. So then like getting to come back, is pretty cool just because a, it's like a weight off your shoulders and, and B it's cool to just be like reunited with, with the people that you met. So like, I'm really looking forward to going back to the house and, you know, eating dinner with them and hanging out, seeing their cat again. <laughs> so, yeah, that's something you think about. Now, obviously, being a part of that championship team last year, I know everybody was extremely excited. Like you said, a lot of guys are coming back here. Does it kind of feel bad that you can't really, like, defend that title against the entire Northwoods League this year? Or is it more or less just like, hey, we got a chance to play? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it would definitely be exciting to try and defend it as – like you know the league-wide title but with so many people that aren't aren't playing this this spring or summer like it would be hard to complain about like oh we didn't get our whole season in so i guess you can't like you can't take it for granted you just have to be like happy to play which i think everyone will be yeah does does that does the attitude change at all i know like when we talked to a lot of you guys last year you know, the summer ball for you guys, it, I mean, yes, of course, everybody likes to win, but it is more about getting those reps, you know, seeing pitchers, being able to actually be out there in a competitive environment. Does the attitude mm -hmm. does the attitude change at all? Does it feel any different with it being in a pod or, you know, not being able to have that competitive, I guess, tree that you're able to kind of go out and do? Yeah, I think maybe, like, some of the, like, team competitiveness maybe lost, like you said, just from playing the same number of teams and – and honestly, I think a lot of us won't make it for, like, playoffs. But I think as far as, like, us as a unit, everyone's still going to, like, go out and try and win. But I think it may be a little different personally. Everyone coming out of the quarantine and hopefully, like, being able to work out or work on their craft, like, somehow. It'll almost be, like, a test to see how far, like, you came just by working on your own for the last three months. How uh, how different is it as a pitcher facing batters using wood bats rather than than aluminum? I mean, in college level, it's, it seems like it's almost at the point where it's like kind of like cheating to use aluminum bats anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's how how big of an adjustment is it from the pitcher's perspective? I wouldn't say like too much of an adjustment, but is for me like more relaxing. Even the hitters know like they have to earn their hits more. So there's definitely guys that can swing it, but it almost gives you like more of a sense of confidence that you're not going to have a hitter that just flares the ball into the outfield or, or just hits a pop up and it and it gets out like it would with an aluminum bat. Like it's almost like you said in college, it feels like unfair. I feel like summer wood bat almost like levels the play a little bit. I gotta think the Northwoods League is going to get a lot of attention this year. Just because, like you, like we've said earlier, like it's one of a few baseball leagues in the nation that's still playing or mm -hmm. is actually going to play. For the future of yourself and others in the league, do you think that's going to be a plus? Yeah, I think it definitely will, especially with how the uh, the draft was like modified this year. You know, with like the five rounds and, and now it's basically just, I don't know how long 
this signing period would last, but the whole like twenty thousand dollar free agent mm-hmm. situation. I would imagine that they would watch these pods over the summer and and snag who's available at the end of it. I know we have a bunch of guys that could have got drafted and and hopefully this will be like their second opportunity to go. So I think it'll be exciting for for like the guys on that that level and and that age that age that could be looking to go. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things I would think about in in baseball is playing the same team over and over and over again for I mean you're going to play 57 games and they're going to be against mm-hmm. two teams so you're going to play two teams you know, almost 30 times a piece. It's, yeah. It seems like it would be not that hard for some animosity to build up. <laughs> and, and maybe get thrown at any kids. Maybe, maybe get a little bit of, yeah. maybe get some brawls and stuff to liven it up a little bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That that will definitely be interesting. Hopefully it doesn't get, like, too chirpy. You know, obviously there's still people there watching us, and I'm sure they'll still, like, you know, stream the games and everything, but, Hopefully, as the summer would go on, it would make the games at least a little more competitive, you know, as you start to learn the kids and, you know, the pitchers start to learn how to get the hitters out and the hitters start to learn, you know, who throws what. But And then, obviously, like I said, after after you get back into the swing of things, you know, everything will start, like, kicking into a high gear. So I think it'll be interesting to see how it changes from, like, you know, playing a new team in the first two weeks to basically playing, it almost feel like you're just inter-squatting at school, like you're just playing all your teammates, mm-hmm. so. Now, I know they added some extra roster spots to each one of the teams this year, so there's mm-hmm. going to be there's gonna be a lot of guys in Traverse City. Basically, there's going to be well over 100, you know, collegiate baseball players here for the summer. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, just in general, what does that type of atmosphere do for, for you guys when you're, there's going to be 100 guys at that ballpark every day working on the same craft, doing the same thing, and trying to get to the same place? Yeah, it, it's going to be cool. Like I said, having everyone there, it'll be interesting to have other teams to hang out with. Hopefully, you know, a lot more obvi- – well, obviously a lot more baseball players there. I don't know how the whole, like, clubhouse situation will work if – if like all three teams will be out on the field and be hanging out like that, hopefully that that's how it would happen. Cause I think it'll be nice to like intermingle like that. But even like the basics, if we weren't like hanging out with the team, but now we have those days that we're not traveling that, you know, the pit spitters can sit out on the grandstand and, and have a hot dog and a beer or whatever mm-hmm. and, and watch these other two teams play, which is something that you don't get to do you know, in college almost at all, unless you're watching the World Series. And you definitely don't get to just watch another team play, you know, in the North in a regular season. So it'll be interesting to actually get to, like, observe some other baseball players. I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, I just, obviously, you're getting kicked back up here. Um, you've been you've been throwing, I assume, trying to do your own at-home bullpens. How do you, how do you kind of get your arm back in the swing of things after being three months cold? Yeah, that's definitely, like, a task. Fortunately, I have a brother who's one year younger than me, so I've been throwing with him. But I tried to stay, like, ramped up, uh, like, through through quarantine. Not, like, pitching, but just doing some long toss. But I guess it was, like, set back just by, like, some soreness from all the lifting. And But in the last, like, four weeks, I've been throwing a bullpen the usual every, like, six, seven days, just trying to get the arm moving again and, but it's still definitely weird just throwing into a net 
I was able to build a mound so that I could do my bullpens, but just out in the garage by yourself with like some music playing, it just will never like feel the same as throwing to someone or, or with coaches or with teammates. Yeah, just hearing mm-hmm. that that clap of the catcher's mitt when you throw that 93-mile-an-hour fastball right down the pipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's, like, not to say that it's, like, that I'm unmotivated, but there definitely is, I guess you could say, a lack of adrenaline of, of like you said, like, there, it's almost like there's no feedback, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no like, consequences to a, a good or bad pitch. Yeah, that definitely so makes sense. Like, yeah, it's just, like, you're, you're out there throwing and you're trying to throw hard, but... Like you just you don't know if you are. It's, yeah, it's that, catcher, a, that catcher, that catcher's shaking his hand. He's not like, oh my gosh, Pat, you're you're killing me back here. Got a yeah. couple of bruises on his belly from those curveballs or something. It's a, it's a bit yeah. it's a bit different. I could I definitely understand that. Now, just obviously, mm-hmm. you got a couple of weeks here. I mean, what are you and the guys most excited about coming back to Traverse City for? I mean, definitely the baseball. I think everyone, like I said, you can't take it for granted that we get to play. And then second, just being like reunited with with everyone that we got to play with last year. I'm sure everyone's going back to their host families, like I said, and and we have at least two of the same coaches, which they're awesome. But then off the field, I know we got a, a lot of golfers. A lot of guys like to play cards, so there will be a lot of excitement to be back. Not just just real quick. Just what is it like knowing so many different guys from so many different cities, so many different schools for such a short time, and then they're just spread across the country when you're done with it. Uh, it's really cool. I mean, I I don't I'm not gonna bother you know listing off all the states I know people in, but it is wild to just be like your friends are talking about some team and you're like, oh, I played with the kid on that team. Like he plays this position, or or two of your friends are on TV, or you you hear some like who's going to regionals and you know like four kids. Like it's cool to just be able to like like spread out in a sense in like the baseball community and just feel like you feel like more a part of it and that you like share your teammates experiences, even though like you're just watching it because it feels like more personal then. So kind of tangential to that, how, how fast did the word spread when, uh, when Luke little got drafted or were you able to watch the draft? Yeah, I watched the draft. I wasn't like currently watching the TV when he was picked, but I had like the draft tracker up on my phone and then there was, like, a couple guys uh, talking in, like, our group chat. But, like, we knew, I would say, basically right away. A lot of congratulations going out, obviously. But it was pretty cool to see him. Obviously expected with the numbers he's been putting out. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome to see, like, a teammate go like that. Yeah, did you – when was it you first started seeing, like, his viral uh, videos of him throwing and hitting triple digits? I don't know. I knew, you know, with the way the internet works now, it it was like blown up within a couple hours of like him posting it himself. And then same same situation. Everyone on the team is like, "Oh, did you see this?" And you know, like hyping him up. But it was pretty wild to just see someone, you know, rip 105, and you know, he's just in a, a barn somewhere. You know, he doesn't even have the adrenaline of a game going. So it's definitely impressive. Yeah, because last year. Like, Last year he was hitting pretty consistently, like 98, 99, I think. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, I, I want to say up to like 97 in that Dream Showcase. And, and then I, I know in the fall, I think he got up to like 102. But I know there was a couple reports that he had been like injured a little bit. So it's cool to see him like bounce back. But I guess like going back to your other question, especially in a situation like that, 
about like you know the people that you meet like now like I've played with Luke and like I'll always be able to like tell that story you know like it's just another like interesting interesting chapter in the book I guess you could call it all right, Pat. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time with us and, uh, you know, getting motivated to get back here to Traverse City. We're excited to see you guys and the resorters and the Dune Bears uh, this this summer because, hey, baseball's back, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Pat, and we will see you out at Turtle Creek Stadium. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Another big thank you to Pat for joining us here at the Get Around. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. That's going to move us into a little bit of chat, you guys. Uh, we've obviously been covering the reopening, restarting of sports on this podcast very in-depth. And once again, another update this past week. Uh, the governor. On Friday. Yeah, yeah, this past Friday. So the Three days ago, the governor basically relaxed all the orders against outdoor sports and stuff like that. But, Andrew, go ahead. Uh, you've been on this coronavirus beat for quite a while and been been tearing them down. So what exactly did this last one do, and where do we go from here? Yeah, you know, I really think a big win for local sports and local sports teams was this 500 fan cap. It's a definitive number. And, James, you've talked to Mickey at the press conference. They think they're pretty confident, and the governor's pretty confident herself saying that, that might increase by the end of the summer. So that number one, I think that was huge, and that was the biggest win so far. But this past Friday, it's now in state law that school-related sports can happen in Michigan. I think the, their stipulation is uh, no indoor, but in Region 5, the MHSA has already said that they're discouraging large groups of going into the weight room. But if you have a group of, uh, like, a pod of, like, five or ten, that's cool. Like, just make sure you keep your distance. I'm sure coaches can get on board with that, James. What, what do you take of this? Like, do you think do you think this just gives athletic directors more confidence that playing sports is okay? I think I think it gives like I think it gives the school board and school board people and administrators uh, more confidence. I think the athletic directors were already chomping at the bit to want to let teams pr- start practicing and doing all this stuff, but they were kind of being. I mean, schools themselves were dragging their feet on allowing people to have practices or do open the weight room at the school or anything like that and i think this is uh, another step closer in in getting that and that these uh governmental bodies school boards and and whatnot will be a little more confident maybe in letting these athletic directors and coaches do some of these things that they want to do now the last thing was this is probably just a small thing but overnight camps they they got the thumbs up i'm sure there's sports teams that want to have we're looking forward to that trip to me central michigan university that you know like an hour trip overnight with your your buddies in high school, those are where memories are made, and we all know that. Jake, what mm-hmm. do you think that that means? You know, they're able to go to their football camps in the fall. It's not going to stop these kids from going down to whatever South Lion or, you know, TC West does a, you know, a trip. Um, or even even if so, these, these teams host their overnight football camps where they get together, they do two-a-days. You know, that's a big thing when you get into the, the end of the season or end of the football season is – those camps are what prepare these kids. And th- th- there's going to be a little bit different this year because uh, there isn't that dead period. So I'm telling you, I know that I know that everybody is getting back out there. All this order really does is just kind of let everybody say, oh, yeah, like, we're moving forward. 
it's really in writing I mean, that you're moving. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, and it, it, we we already were, and everybody was. I'm pretty sure you know each school is still doing this case by case basis. Everybody still has to kind of like make it work for their own individual communities and everything. But you know, when we got the news that they basically said okay to indoor, you know, indoor stuff. In small groups, I basically they said 50 or lower when indoors, and they want you to still be separated. But we got that news last week about weight rooms and stuff in the region. So this is just all a really positive thing. It's all moving in the right direction. And uh, I know that most most of the schools that we talked about, you know, listen to last week's podcast, most of the schools aren't able to use the facilities until the actual school year would be up. So, yeah, we're, like, right in that sweet spot where schools are able to reopen their facilities. This week, the 15th of June, is basically where all the school school years would have ended so um the ability for them to use these school facilities for these practices is great also you know opening up to all night over overnight camps at colleges universities high schools we, we talked about them being able to you know do football camps or even over overnight soccer camps down at michigan state they're gonna have the ability to do that i know a lot of the camps have still been canceled and but do you guys see the positives in this, even though it might not seem like there's, the, I mean, there's, I know there's not a lot going on right now. Yeah, if I'm a if I'm a football coach at a major university, I am scrambling right now to suddenly reschedule that camp because you want to get, you know, a set of eyes on these recruits. You want to st- start reestablishing that relationship more so than you can do in a Zoom, you know, or via emails and stuff and, and see these guys in person and get to meet them, possibly get to meet the parents too. They come along with them and all the, all these things that help them in recruiting and evaluating these kids. I would be all about getting that done and as soon as possible. And if I'm a player, like a football player or a basketball player or whoever, these, this, whatever sport this is going to be in, involved in, heck, this is just something I can do different than being inside. I mean, just in That's gen- really all I would care about. And then, I mean, we just know that like everybody is like extremely excited to get back to this. I know when I was at Michigan State, you know, I'm, I'm, you don't even think about just high school camps. This opened the, the the governor's order opened up for youth camps all the way from you know six all the way up to eighteen, whatever it may be, even you know past that. You know, you see hundreds of soccer players go down to Michigan State every summer for like a three week or three day soccer camp. That can happen again. I mean. Obviously, it's going to be reduced numbers. It's going to be a bit smaller feel. But nonetheless, we still have that opportunity to, um, to actually grow. I mean, like I said to you before, this is, this is a dead period normally, but it's not going to be. This summer is going to be filled with practices, camps, indoor, outdoor, weightlifting sessions. It wouldn't be surprising me if you know, stuff's going from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. at these school facilities and comes the next week because there's going to be people trying to filter into the weight room, people trying to filter in, doing small bits and pieces here. The staggering of the schedules is going to have to be pretty well done in order to make sure that there's not too many people inside or too many people at the school at any given time. That segment, sponsored by Jimmy John's, with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. Gentlemen, we have to get into the Hall of Fame where we induct three new members into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. We kind of stuck with the theme this week. We were talking about baseball, Pittsburghers, All-Stars, and we got some of those nominations in. And, you know, it kind of gave us a spark and said, hey, let's put some baseball players into the Hall of Fame. James, who you got first? We got Glenn Lakes. Uh, Nathan Zarapski, uh, outfielder last year, was uh, really good in his junior season. Uh, drove in 14 runs, batted 417. 
and uh, had a, just had a really good on-base percentage, too. We were talking he, he walked 27 times in 96 at-bats. It's like a third of your at-bats. That's that's just pretty ridiculous. Good uh, eye, kid. Right there, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then 40 hits on top of that. So his on-base percentage was pretty darn good. Uh, right, eight too. doubles, two triples, two homers. He's got some pop, too. Yeah, you're sitting over 60%, 70% of the time. You're on base there. That K to walk ratio has to be fantastic if there was only, what, if he really only got put out 20, 30 times over the season? That would be fantastic. Hmm. My nomination is going to be Misek star Tanner Ford, another senior who wasn't able to play this year. But last year he hit 434. But the real impressive part is that he stole 52 bases, which put him in the top 10 in MHSAA history. Another speedster from Northern Michigan. Congratulations, Tanner. You're my inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. What about you, Andrew? Austin Harper played for Onekama this past season. He batted 477 with a buck 92 ERA. That's 1.92 uh, for those of you who don't get the reference. But anyways, he plays for the Manatee Saints, who are a college wooden bat team. And he started with them as a junior in high school. I think he's still with them this, se- this season. And mm-hmm. James, they were supposed to have their home opener this past weekend. Kind of got canceled because of... Uh, the coach for the other team had a heart attack. That's not good. Yeah, so they, had health re- so they had to reschedule, reschedule the uh, or push back the opener. So, yeah, we our our prayers go out to them. It was against a team in Mount Pleasant, and they're actually playing this next Saturday. Hopefully, I'll be able to get out there talk to Austin, and maybe a huge Northern Michigan contingent. I mean, they have like eight or nine guys from Traverse City like areas. Thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, no, I didn't actually know that. Yeah, out of that whole roster, it was, roster. A, it was yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's a ton. Yeah, so hopefully we're going to get to see him play at least a couple times this summer down in Manistee where we went golfing this past Sunday. All right, congratulations to those three baseball players for joining the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. That segment brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. You know what that means. We got one segment left, and it's our favorite, the trifecta. We basically stayed on brand today. We did a ba- basically a full baseball episode with the exception, of course, our soccer and softball all-star or senior showcases, if you will. Uh, so we decided to make our trifecta about baseball as well and basically tell you our favorite or and, and or come up with minor league baseball names that, uh, that we would like because we spoke about it earlier. I really like the Mac Daddies. Because I'm like a mac and cheese dude. Like, I love mac and cheese. So, like, the Mac Daddies is, like, hilarious. So, fellas, we, I have a couple things written down here. I've came up with a couple of names that if I was naming a team out of nowhere, <laughs> the random cities and stuff, we come, come up with a few things. Andrew, is your idea, what, what's some of your uh, favorites or what's one that you came up with? You know, like, well, we did this pot, I think we did this trifecta a couple of weeks ago where you said come up with a minor league baseball team for yourself. Like if it was you were, a mascot. Yeah, a mascot for yourself. Mine was the Rosenthal Snowcaps. But I, I, I got my hair cut for the first time in, like, months on Wednesday. And the stylist was like, do you want a mullet? Like, do you just want to keep this long? And I was like, yeah, I kind of thought about it. So I, w- I would create the Minnesota mullets. The Minnesota mullets. Would it be a requirement that you have to have a mullet to be on that baseball team? I'm yeah, sure they would try. Like, yeah. they wouldn't even have to make a logo. They could just make a white cap and the mullet out the back. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious if they had, like, a cap where, like, it literally would just – it was, like – Built-in yeah, built ma- mullet? Yes. I like <laughs> 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 oh, dude, that would be perfect. That's great for marketing. You could just get literally hats with mullets on them. Yeah, the party in the back hat. Yeah. 
You could, you could literally make like the make that the name of your stadium. Like it's, it's party, the party, the, in, the party the in the back. <laughs> oh man! And then the field is your is uh, the front, so that's that that's business. <laughs> business out business there. In the front. Party in the back. Now, uh, did you did you have any other did you have any other fun ones? Yeah, um, the Lawrence can so Lawrence, Kansas is where I lived the, for the last four years. I don't think anybody on this podcast knows that by now. Well, yeah, Bill James. Uh, guy, the guy who created sabermetrics and like so, like the modern baseball analytics. Uh, there's tons of movies and books about it, but he lived there, and I got to see a couple talks from him and re- interviewed him a couple times. I would create the Lawrence, Kansas, the Lawrence Sabers, because not many people know that stat. You know, they don't know that stat. That, that's not a sabermetric stat, though. Well, no, that's it's just a fact. If you're a baseball guru, like now, uh, what about you, James? You come up with anything fun? Uh... I mean, if, if we decided to have something weird, you could have a, a team that was based in Michigan just called the Michigan Militia. That is awesome. It'd be a little political to some, but... Technically, I, I, is that's for the people. That's not political at all. That's for the people. Yeah. They'd be the ones who come and fight against political overreach. Think of the promotion possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I mean, that's pretty close to what we went with. But I, I think that... I mean, I wrote down like four pretty fun, fun ones here. They're dumb, but let's have fun with them. The Michigan Mailman. I don't know why. I just if, if you can't tell, most of these are all gonna have alliteration in them because I just I'm obsessed with alliteration. But the Michigan Mailman. I thought about Carl Malone for whatever reason being the mailman, and I always just thought that was fun. Like, yeah, just sending home runs. I could just see the I could see the 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 board with all the fun graphics and everything, sending postage or whatever when they're or like when they're bringing somebody out from the bullpen or something like that be like special delivery yeah, and mailing it in yeah yeah special delivery what's another good one? Oh, i had the uh this one this is a real one that i just laughed at it was on there it was the new orleans baby cakes which like yeah. i just i still don't know like technically baby cakes is like a like a like a joking term of endearment or something to me i don't know if that's actually like a thing i don't know why they um... What's the reasoning behind that name for the New Orleans team? I don't know. There's a team in Hartford. There's a team in Hartford, Connecticut called the Yard Goats. The Yard Goats. <laughs> Double A of the Rockies. If I was gonna if I was gonna make a team though, it'd probably go off of my I love for music. And I saw one here I liked. It was like the but like Rochester Rail Riders, like always riding the rail. Or I said this one before, the New England Neckbreakers. That would be intimidating to come up against a team called the Neckbreakers, right? Mm-hmm. So one that's an actual real team name is naming their team after a crime uh, is the Topeka Train Robbers. <laughs> some other fun I, li- ones. I live near Topeka, and I don't even remember that. There's some other fun ones yeah. James brought up earlier, Las Vegas 51s. That's for uh, Area 51. Yeah. Um, there's a couple, There's a couple like, what, like the Blue Yahoos, I think there's a team that's called, that's just named after a fish. I'm I'm looking at a Sports Illustrated list right now of like the craziest minor league team names, and they have at number eleven the Traverse City Beach Bums. The Beach this Bums. This is a couple years old. But they had the Beach Bums out there. Yeah, at number eleven. Number uh, ten is the Savannah Bananas. The Savannah Bananas. What was the other Savannah team that you almost saw? Uh, the Sand Nats. The Sand Nats. There's one. Yeah. I, El Paso Chihuahuas. Yeah, there's a Chihuahua team. There's like I, I think it'd be cool to be like one of those dragons or something like that. But other than that. I'd want to, like, yeah, minor league baseball teams just have to be off the, the Lehigh off the Valley Iron Pigs. The Iron Pigs. And I didn't Iron know Pigs. that. I saw them in, I saw them once. Iron Pigs. That ha- I didn't know that. I've heard that term before, like, Iron Pigs. And that actually has to do with steelworking, and I had no idea that. Yeah. It, 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 we went to a game there one time on a, a road trip when we went to 
Richmond, Virginia to visit some parents on the way back. We stopped at a Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs game, and they were playing the Toledo Mud Hens. Iron Pigs, Mud Hens, yeah. Beach I Bums. Were, I think they were playing the Mud Hens, maybe. It was a Tigers minor league team, and Maglio Ardonez was playing in that game in a rehab assignment. Oh, well, you got lucky then. So. Just like everybody else got lucky and made it to the end of episode 131. Per usual, like, share, comment, retweet, whatever you can do to interact with us, and we will get you fed with some free Jimmy John subs. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Adnip. Follow Andrew on Twitter at ByAndrewR. And follow James at JamesCook14. Make sure to interact with us, and we will see you for episode 132 next week.